every mother on this earth makes it work every day. Every single one makes it work. Hi, I'm Bridget Garsh, co-founder of Neighbor Schools and your host for Work Like a Mother, a podcast dedicated to real conversations with incredible women juggling work, life, and motherhood. Today, I am delighted to sit down with Anoni Patel, founder and CEO of Mrs. Patel's and mama of two. When I went back to work after having my older son, Hudson, my milk supply absolutely tanked. I took supplements. I drank mother's milk tea religiously. I did power pumping sessions. I ate lactation cookies and... Somehow I managed to keep pumping for another nine months, but it was such a struggle. Every day I worried if I would get enough milk to send to daycare for the following day. So when Brooks burst into our lives, weighing two pounds more than Hudson, I was immediately anxious over my milk supply and whether I could keep up with his needs. Every feed, I worried if he was getting enough. Luckily, my super thoughtful neighbor had been there too, and she dropped off a surprise package filled with treats from Mrs. Patel's. She'd had milk supply challenges and swore by these delicious bars. Now, the only problem was if I could keep them away from Hudson, who also developed a love for all things Mrs. Patel's. I mean, I can't really blame him because who doesn't love caramel and dark chocolate? When Anoni had her two children, her mother filled her kitchen with delicious treats to aid with lactation and postpartum healing. The family recipes rooted in Ayurvedic medicinal system have been helping women in Anoni's family for generations. Anoni started a company, Mrs. Patel's, named after her mother, to pass along these healthy and tasty treats to help as many new mamas as possible. Thank you so much for joining and being part of Work Like a Mother. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really honored. I know there's so many great, amazing women out there that you could speak to. So I feel really honored to be included and um, part of that community. I have to hear more about the story of how you founded Mrs. Patel's. So I, you know, I founded Mrs. Patel's in 2012 and. Uh, speaking of my kids, my son was, he had just turned two and then my daughter was four and a half months old. So my kids are less than two years apart. And I, looking back on it, I'm thinking, who starts a company with, with two kids that are like two years old, that are, you know, less than two years old, two years old or so, with a baby that's four and a half months old without help? <laughs> like, there's no nanny, there's no babysitter. My family lives in another part of the country and sometimes another part of the world. So kind of crazy, Mm -hmm. um, but made it work. Uh, And so it was founded in 2012. The recipes are based on family recipes that have been passed down from mother to mother within our family for generations. So when I had my children, when I had my son, when I had my daughter, my mom made all these 
teas and snacks and treats for me to help me with my postpartum healing and to help me with my lactation. And they worked really well with my son. And, and then after that, you know, I was part of a mom's group. You meet other women, you hear their stories. And I realized um, I felt like I had a real advantage. I had this like real tool in my tool belt um, where, first of all, someone was making me, I had someone in my life that was making me these nutritious foods that were helping me with these herbs that, we, that they knew about, that they had access to and knowledge about. And, and that it did really help me. And then when I had my daughter, you know, my mom came out, she made all these foods again for me. And then I really, truly realized, again, how helpful these foods were for me. And I wanted to share them with the other women in my mom's group, the other women in my community, their friends, whoever might need it. And so my mom had made them for me. My grandmother had made them for my mom. My great grandmother had made them for my grandmother and so on. So there's lots of wisdom behind it. There was a lot of knowledge behind it. And in India, at least, everyone probably has their own family recipe for these things that have, you know, these items that help you with your nursing, your lactation, your postpartum healing, your nutrition, you know, because half the time you're sitting there eating over the sink or eating, grabbing something, and this is something you can grab that's dense, nutritionally dense. So, but these are my family recipes that I wanted to share. So I took them and I changed them around to suit a more of an American palette, you know, added the chocolate on, added some different flavors and did that in conjunction with my mom. And even now, every time my mom comes out, she works with me in the kitchen. She'll like help with ideas. We'll do testing and she'll put labels on things. And so it really is a small family business. And I should say, I should have started with this, but Mrs. Patel, the company's called Mrs. Patel's, that's my mother. I named it after my mother because she was my inspiration. These are her recipes. These are foods that she had made for me. So she is Mrs. Patel's. And, and it's just so wonderful to be able to share something that was a really important part of a woman's experience in my family with other women, other moms, um, other caregivers. So that's really special to me. And one of the most special moments in terms of that journey was several years ago, my grandmother passed away and I was very, very close to her. She taught me how to cook. Um, she was the person that taught me how to cook and we shared a room all growing up and we just always were very close. And when she was passing, I flew out to see her and I brought our pamphlets, our flyers and our pamphlets of Mrs. Patel's. And on the pamphlet is a photo of her, my mother and me and my son when he was about eight months old. And I was able to tell her about our company, which she knew about, obviously, because she'd helped me with the recipes. But just to tell her that her legacy was going to live on, like so she was passing, but she and her work and her knowledge was going to continue to live on and nurture people even after her death. And that was extremely special for me. That was a very profound moment to be able to go through, be able to tell someone that you have a legacy. That's what you want, right? On this earth to be able to help people to leave something behind that, uh, is positive. And she was able to do that. And I was able to show her that. So that was very special to me. 
What a gift to be able to give to her. And what did she think about it? What did she think about it? And what did your mom think about it? It sounds like there's been such a, a strong family tradition of passing down these recipes. Like now you're a thriving company with thousands and thousands of people who are buying your products. What were, what was their reaction? It was, it, you know, for, at first they were like, you think people would want this? I'm like, yes. They were surprised. They were like, are you sure? And, and then I started putting out there and there was just a lot of pride. There's a lot of pride and that you, you've created something that has helped others, but also a pride because the products are very Indian based Mm-hmm. And that's, and there's a nice cultural pride that we're able to share this really integral, very specific Indian treat, Indian teas, Indian snacks with women from all kinds of cultures and backgrounds. And that's really amazing. And that's what this country is about, right? Sharing different cultures and being able to learn from others. I am a fan. I learned um, about all of your fabulous products from my neighbor um, who had milk supply issues um, from the beginning. And she, when I found out that I was pregnant with my second child right before he was born, she had a whole shipment sent to me so that I would be well stocked and ready um, for his arrival. And they're incredible. I mean, they're delicious. They are effective. Um, my son, my older son actually loves to eat them. I had to say, these are for mama. They're mama for- special lactation <laughs> treats. I normally am very happy to share anything in life with him, but I think for these, it felt very much, these are mine and I'm going to give you. Yeah. Mamas don't like sharing their Mrs. Right. Patels. Tiny yeah. Little, <laughs> little piece. Right. There's a slogan right there for, for a campaign yeah. for you. Mamas don't her. like sharing their Mrs. Patels. You know what? I'm going to write this down right now. <laughs> you touched on just very briefly about the Ayurvedic recipes Mm -hmm. that you're using. Can you explain a little bit more about what that means? All the recipes are based on family recipes that are Ayurvedically based. So in Ayurveda, which is an ancient Indian medicinal system that's thousands of years old, there's different doshas. That's maybe you're familiar with the equivalent to the Chinese equivalent to like fire, earth, air. So we have our own concept of that called the doshas. And so there's a balance. This is a very simplistic way of looking at it. And I am not an Ayurvedic doctor and I am not an herbalist. So I'm not going to go into a field that, you know, I'm not an expert at. But that's the general principles. So all our ingredients have a certain amount of heat, a certain amount of grounding, and there's a balance to it. So the recipes, when they're originally developed, they're developed in accordance right, with an Ayurvedic doctor back in the day. And then when I redeveloped the recipes and changed them to an American palate, I still, I just, I ran them by our family's Ayurvedic doctor to make sure Mm -hmm. that they were well-balanced. Thank you for sharing that. And it sounds like it's only a little, the the tip of the iceberg in terms of starting to learn about it, but it's really helpful to to understand that that foundation. I want to take it back to something you said in the very beginning of us chatting, where 
you you quickly sort of glossed over the fact that you started this company when you had a two and a half year old and no two year old a, a two year old and a well, four year old. It was March, so he might have been two, one, two, three, two two years and two years and four months old. Okay, and a four month old. Yes. So you have two very young children mm-hmm. and, and your quote was, oh, and I just, I made it work. Right. Like oh. it, you were talking about, I don't know, I took the trash outside or picked up the groceries. Like it was this simple thing, which I know is not the case. And I've heard that from so many mothers who just- Every mother, every mother right. on this earth makes it work every day. Every single one makes it work. How did you make it work? How did you, can you tell us a little bit more about how you actually did make it work and the important things um, that helped you along the way? Um, Well, no one does it alone. No one makes it work by themselves. So while I didn't have like a nanny or babysitter or anything like that, I have a partner, my husband, who's extremely supportive. You, and my, so I started the company when my daughter was four and a half months old. And then my mom stayed with me until she was six months old. So I had like a month and a half of my mom around. And I should say, like many women, I don't need a lot. I didn't <laughs> need a lot of sleep. And I think when you're really passionate about something, you can, you, you, you were driven. Mm-hmm. So I worked, I, I found a bakery to work because you need to work out of a commercial kitchen. And there it was a bakery in my neighborhood from a world-renowned pastry chef, Mitsuma Takahara, like world-renowned, amazing. I didn't know her. I hadn't met her. I should also say before I started a food company, I never worked in the food industry or the restaurant industry. I never was a waitress. I wasn't a hostess. I was never, um, never worked in a kitchen. I, I, nothing, no, no experience whatsoever. And I had never started a company. So this was hundred percent from the ground up new to me. What I did before I started Mrs. Patel's, I was a writer for 10, an editor for 10 years. So I had to do a lot of research and get all my licenses, I had to get all my inspections, all my ducks in a row, and there's a lot of paperwork. And there isn't a clear website that tells you like that I could find that laid it out. Maybe there is now, but there wasn't when I was starting. And so I approached, I knew she had kids, and I knew she lived in our neighborhood, and I was like, hey, I live in our neighborhood, I have kids, I started this company, um, please take a chance on me. And please, if, you, if I could work in your bakery at night or the weekends when you're not around, um, you know, obviously I would pay rent and you know, everything like that. I would appreciate it so much. And, and she took a chance on me. She said, okay. <laughs> and she, um, I worked out and she sold my treats in her world-renowned bake, uh, bakery because she enjoyed them. She liked them. And... I worked nights and weekends out of her bakery. So just making it work that way, um, right, even right now, now that we're um, in distance learning, my kids, 
we, San Francisco is very strict. We are, uh, we're, you know, we followed every CDC guideline as a family. We take it very seriously. Um, and so in the fall, um, I re, you know, we rearrange your whole kitchen schedule and I take the kids with me to, to work, to the office. They're not allowed in the kitchen. Um, they come with me into the office um, where it's just us and we can, um, I can supervise them and help them with their work. Um, and they're still with me. So I'm still juggling like every, like everyone else. This is not special. I don't think it's like something that every mom does not do. Um, it's just my story of how I do it. <laughs> oh, and then I do want to add that I had really great mentors women who really believed in me. Right now I share a kitchen and an office space with two other female-owned companies who are really supportive. And then I have, a, like I've said a couple times, I refer to my mom group, mm-hmm. my mom community. I have a group of friends who are so supportive, who all have kids the same age, who are all working, who I can call up or text or see for support. And I feel like that's a game changer to have a community, particularly of women who are on the same page and support you. I don't think I did it alone and I wouldn't have been able to do it alone. I had a partner who was really involved and I had a really good friendship network and I have really good female mentors who were already in the food business, who already experienced, who I could look up to and help me out. Incredible. Really. You approach life with such humor. Um, it's funny that you say that. Someone mentioned that. I was talking I, I, on, like our, on Instagram. And I said, yeah, you know, my personal motto is if you don't laugh, you'll cry. And I feel like, um, there can be so many challenges mm-hmm. and every day there's challenges. Every day there's frustrations. Every day there's things where you, you feel overwhelmed along with all the joys mm-hmm. to be like, and so I do really enjoy laughing. I really enjoy humor and I find humor such a great way to diffuse tension and to get through really hard things. What does self-care look like for you? I feel it's also important to say, I need five minutes of quiet. It's important to say my kids are old enough where they can understand these things. You can say mommy's cup is full or it's getting full. And when it gets full, I'm going to get, I'm going to start feeling real frustration. So I need a moment. I need everyone to take turns while they're talking. And it's important to sit, tap yourself out, say, okay, I'm going to take a little walk or I'm going to go to the bathroom. We'll be right back and we'll talk about this. And, um, I do, I let my kids know when I'm feeling overwhelmed. So I, t- I try to, um, sh- uh, emulate the behavior of talking about your feelings and processing them. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, let them know things are hard because I need them to know that it's okay for things to be hard for them too. And how you're going to deal with it. Mm-hmm. I should also say that I wake up very early. Now I do sleep. Um, and I wake, I go to sleep with the kids and I wake up very early. So like I, four o'clock, like, but I like to wake up naturally. So four o'clock and I have a chunk of change where I 
I drink my warm water. I meditate. I work out. If I'm watching a show, I watch a show or I'm in the middle of a book, I read a book, I have different options. And I just have hours of quiet, uninterrupted time for me to fill up my cup. It's all me. No one's going to call me at five o'clock in the morning. I have like time to myself. And I feel like that filling up my battery in that way helps me throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And I feel that's a good advice I would give to someone is like, if you can carve out, it doesn't have to be three hours. It can be, it can be in the morning or at night, you know, but carve out some time for yourself where it's just quiet. And it might not happen when, like, it can, even if you have a newborn, like they're sleeping, you have that. When you don't have kids, who don't take naps, they're with you all the time. <laughs> There's no free time. And so, um, like, those are little moments where you can steal away to do something just for yourself. So I feel like I'm good at taking time out for myself and refueling so that I can have more patience. Not that I still don't lose it and get, like, overwhelmed and get, like, frustrated. Um, but it's something I try to do every day. How do you connect with your customers? Because I really love speaking to other, other people, particularly other moms, and just hearing like what their lives are like, what their schedule is like, because I feel like you're, I can constantly learn things from other people. And I just love hearing about other people's lives in the routine. Like you have, I don't, you have two children, you have a baby. You have a little baby at home. So you're in it right now. How old is your other child? So I have a three-year-old and an eight-month-old who is not that little. As you were talking about kids having different personalities, different needs, um, that's been the most, I think, not surprising because I had heard it from other people, but just realizing how young that starts with kids being so different. My eight-month-old is just such a different person, and he also is three pounds lighter than my three-year-old. He's huge. He's 27 pounds. And my three-year-old just crossed the 30 pound mark. So they're like the same size humans, which, um, is just wild in and of itself. Um, and, and so, yes. So I feel like it's funny because he's a baby, but he's like a giant baby in some ways. Does he, because I think younger siblings always have this, I guess, advantage because they have someone who is modeling right in front of them, you know, modeling different behavior. Um, Does he act older? Does he feel like he's like, I'm three, we're three, we're the same age, basically. You wouldn't, does he, do you get that sense? In some ways, I think it's just like physically, he's so much, he seems so much older, like he had teeth. He had, I think, four teeth when he was three months old. Like he just is, I don't know. He's like fast tracking everything on the physical side. And I'm just fascinated to see. Like I think he'll he'll do a lot of, hit a, lo- a lot of the gross motor, like milestones probably earlier than, than our first did. Um, yeah. And, but I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure. He just, he, he completely 
adores my older son. He just looks at him with so much love, laughs hysterically at anything my older son does, anything at all. And my older son does not have the same affection for his little brother yet. Yes, right. right. So it's a very... And, and I'm an only child, so I'm, I have no context of like what sibling dynamics should look like. Um, right. So it's all a big learning process for, for me. Parenting, right? Yes. It's like, what? <laughs> okay, okay, right. I guess I learned that. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's really interesting. If you think back to before you had kids, what advice would you give to your pre-mom self? So I think I felt, you know, you have this idea. Before you have kids, you're like, I'm going to do it this way. Or like, this is, you know, I'm never going to do that. Girl, you are going to do it all. Mama, you are going to do everything that you said that you were not going to do. Okay? Pretty much. <laughs> so I would say... Um, one of the thing, biggest, I, I'm, one of the biggest lessons I've learned, and this is what other experiences can teach you this, but I feel like kids really teach you this is they challenge your patience. They challenge how you think things should be. And for me, cause I'm a very type A, I'm very organized. You know, I plan things out to a T like I plan everything out. And kids teach you about flexibility. They teach you that it's not always going to go to plan. Sometimes you have to be like a river and move through that. And they teach you that. And they teach you about great, giving yourself grace, being flexible, going with the flow. And those are things that I really needed to learn. And before I had kids, I'm like, this is how I'm going to do it. And you change because your kid, every kid is different. Every child is, has their own personality. They have their own needs. My, I have a son and a daughter, they are so different and they both have different needs. They have to be parented in a different way, communicated with it in a different way. And they teach you how to be very flexible. So I think what I would tell my friend before I had kids is what probably every mom or parent who looked at me when I said I was going to do things a certain way. And they're like, okay, yeah. When they're like, yeah, good luck with that. So let's see how that goes. That's what I would <laughs> tell myself. Yeah. I laugh because I am so guilty of what you are describing. Um, and guilty is the wrong word, right? Like that's not, it's not a shameful thing. It's yeah. just this, something that you don't know what you don't know and you don't know mm -hmm. until you're living through it. And yeah. you all of a sudden have that moment where you realize, Oh, for me, it was my sister-in-law. Now I know why my sister-in-law was giving that, that, mm -hmm, okay. Yeah, Try that. Yeah. Try yeah, that. Cool. Very patient, very calm, mm -hmm. non-judgmental at all. And then nope. now she's reminded me of it a few times. <laughs> Um, and there's certain things that you stick to, like there's certain principles, right? Sure. We're not talking about like, 
you know, like I'm, my kids are vegetarian. Like they're vegetarian. They're strict vegetarians. They're hardcore. And I'm vegan. So they are, you know, like I don't mean like the things that you're really, really, that are really important to you. I mean little things, you know? Yes. Thank you so much Thank for, you so- for spending time with me. Uh, I hope you have a great, you have a, a longer day to go now. I'm like okay. on the other side uh, of the afternoon, but I hope your day goes well. And I look forward to following along with all of your success. And I can't wait to see the next reel. I'm going to go work on it. My, uh, my son is my camera boy. He calls himself camera boy. <laughs> Um, I'm the camera boy. It's very cute. So I'm going to go and do that. I'm going to actually get lunch together, do some momming. And, um, I appreciate this once again, very much. I'm very honored and I will talk to you soon. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Bridget Garsh and this is work like a mother. I'm excited to share another amazing Working Mama story with you next week. But before I go, I have a quick favor to ask. Please help us spread the word by giving us five stars on Apple Podcasts. It's the best way for more working moms to discover our show. Thanks and have a great week.